Thanks for listening to another episode of the Gifted Performance Podcast. If you're listening or watching on YouTube, make sure you subscribe, as well as hitting the like button and the notification bell so you never miss a video. If you prefer audio format, search Gifted Performance on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or your favorite podcasting service and subscribe today. Make sure you also rate and review the podcast as that helps us out tremendously. Enjoy the podcast and stay gifted. A Rudy Tootie Howdy Doody, and welcome back to another episode of the GPP, the Gift of Performance Podcast, where we graciously give you the knowledge and practical takeaways. Wait, is everyone sipping their coffee at the same time? I missed the I missed the memo. Shit, I'm introing. You guys are enjoying coffee. But what do we do here? We give you the knowledge, the practical takeaways to improve your own general physical preparedness. We're back with another women's pod. I've got the ladies. The head ladies in charge over at Gifted Performance here with me today. What are the happenings as of late? What's been going on? When was the last time we even recorded? It was probably a couple weeks ago. But what's been going on? I feel like Gun Show is going to be mad that you said that word, like the head ladies in charge. Gun Show uh, preceded both kick, of us. Yeah, she's going to kick my ass. I just thought about that. Wow. Gun Show, I'm sorry. I apologize. It's okay. Andy She's Gun in Show. charge of um, team team Gun Show right now, which used yes. to be Team Tombot. So yeah, so that's a happening. So over at the over in the Gifted Fitness Accelerator group, there has been somewhat of a mutiny, um, where Team Tombat has turned into Team Tom Gun Show. Bat. Tombat, like a wombat. No, like a wombat. <laughs> Jess, what's going on in your world? You survived finals, right? That's good. I did. You know, I made it through. I got a couple more days and then I start summer classes. So, hey, you know, just doing the dang thing over here. Um, but yeah, no, How I long survived. was that break? Approximately four hours between finals and <laughs> summer classes? It literally feels minutes. that way. I don't even think I get a full week. Like, now that I think about it, I really don't think I get a full week. But like, four days. yeah, it's been crazy. Just trying to catch up on like work stuff before I start school again. So. All right, Lenny, go ahead and add a timestamp right here that says Jess's report card or Jess's parent-teacher <laughs> conference. Jess, how were your grades this semester? How did you do on finals? Honestly, I think I did pretty good. I got the only class that I was not a fan of was microbiology, but that's because I just, I'm going to blame it on the professor like I feel like most college students do. do um, but besides that, I think I did, I think I did pretty well, so... You know. Do you want to call the professor out by name? I think that we that would be a good idea. You know, I don't even actually know his full name. He goes by <laughs> Dr. E. No, seriously, he goes by Dr. E. And I had the worst experience with this professor um, because obviously everything being online and stuff with COVID, like I got accused for, I turned in a lab report and I got accused for um, like plagiarizing because another student <gasps> had similar answers. But like, I don't understand because it's like I don't talk to these students. Like, I don't know who my classmates are. So he runs like all of our things that get all of our assignments that get like turned in. They go through like a scanning process. Like, Ryan, I'm sure you're aware of this. You know, this stuff. Um, and yeah, he was like, your guys' assignments are very similar and I'm going to give you both a zero. And he pulled out the whole like grading policy of like 
you know, plagiarism and how I could get pulled for the class and this whole thing. I'm like, first of all, it's a lab report. It's worth 10 points. Second of <laughs> all, I don't even talk to anyone from this class because we are all online. It doesn't make any sense. Um, yeah. So that, uh, that really uh, pissed me off, man. All right. We're changing the timestamp and it's going to be something related to Dr. E and ratemyprofessor.com. Everyone Seriously. going over one star. <laughs> he or she is not a hot tamale. Don't throw the hot tamale on there. Definitely yep. not attractive. Cold Rate as low as possible for disrespecting Jess in that fashion. Um, Jimmy, should we jump into this first job? Shall I jump into this first question or is there anything that you would like to let the people know before we start? Um, if you guys are at, or if you guys have a Publix near you, don't try the apple cinnamon bagels. They're horrible. That's been like the most. What? That's been like the highlight of our week here, but they're horrible. They don't taste well, anything like apple. They're not they even. They're not like even cinnamon. Publix brand. They're 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 Thomas brand, and I think that's like hashtag worldwide. So okay, Thomas so if you bagel guys, whatever Publix you guys have by you, I don't know what other states call their Publixes. Yeah, Jess, what do you have? Like Kroger? I think it's just like Kroger. Yeah, it's like Kroger okay. and Meyer. Okay. So they have Kroger. Pennsylvania has like Green Giant. Um, food Lion is the... I know that Food Lion is one. Food Lion. It's California, I think they just have like Bread Lines or something like that. I don't know what they do out in those 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 communist countries. Uh, Hell that's yeah. The, that's the haps in my life, so... Okay. Bagel-related well, haps. Yeah, bagel-related. All right. We are starting. We're doing a little bit of a mixed episode today. Um, a question that I wanted to ask the ladies first, and then we'll actually get into some some Q&A. So what I wanted to start the discussion with was some of the goods and bads that come with being a woman in the health and fitness industry. So what are the goods? What are the bads that come with being on that side of the gender equation and immersing yourself in the health and fitness industry. And you guys can answer this from like two different perspectives, um, client perspective or athlete perspective, as well as coach. So Jess, I think you have um, the most coaching experience here. Let's hear what it's like um, being a woman as a coach in health and fitness. Yeah, so um, I would say the first thing that comes to my mind is when I have like guys that will like come up to me at the gym or reach out to me and they'll talk to me about like anything fitness related and you get not all the time, but a, a lot of times I get like the guys that they think that just because I'm a female and I'm a coach that I, I don't necessarily know everything that I'm talking about because like they're the guy and they're supposed to know like how to lift and be all manly and whatnot. Um, and so that to me, that's something that's really interesting, um, that kind of conversation, because I don't know, like I've, I've, I've been training for quite some time um, and I have like the certifications and stuff. So it's kind of like really interesting to get that um, feedback, like when talking with like a male that like being a female coach, like you don't necessarily know everything if that makes sense not saying that i do know everything but like you know what i'm trying to say like they just assume that because you're female you don't know how to like train like a male it's a really fun game to let them explain and be yeah. completely wrong the whole time and you're just like oh true for real that makes sense and like the entire time 
We um, using the term Olympic weightlifting is a really fun one because, and it's only happened. I don't really talk to a lot of women at the gym because mostly it's just men who come and talk to me. Um, Mm -hmm. Like, all right, so you're going to the Olympics. No, Olympic weightlifting is just two kind of three movements that you're going to do in the Olympics. No, it's just called Olympic weightlifting. All right, I'll see you on TV. Like when you're in the Olympics. Okay. Like, have a great sure. day. I hope that you think that I'm strong enough. I wish I was strong enough to be in the Olympics, but it's like stuff like that, that used to, we don't really go to a commercial gym anymore, but when we would trying to explain the workouts that we were doing to men, it was, or men, not men, just in general, which is like men who were like very estranged from the CrossFit and Olympic lifting world. It was very funny. Cause like, it was the only kind of leg up that I had on them because all they know is like, okay, bicep curl, bench, squat, deadlift, stuff like that. Yeah. But. Jess, on a on a physiological level, very zoomed out. Please don't go into a lot of detail. You will bore the people to tears. How does the human body build muscle? So we just talk about building muscle. So what do I eat? What do I have to do? How does it, how, how do we build muscle? Can you um, repeat the first part of that question? Because my internet. <laughs> I don't out. believe it. Leave the microwave alone. Whoever's in the back there, stop microwaving stuff. So the first part of the question was on a, on a very, very zoomed out physiological level, um, the process of building muscle. It's, it's quite, mm-hmm. quite simple, right? You know, ingestion of, of protein breaking down into amino acids the muscle protein synthesis kicks off those amino acids are then reassembled into skeletal muscle and your muscles become bigger so that's that's the men's side of muscle building Mm -hmm. from from what people have told you women build muscle far differently right so how do how does a woman build muscle we have tiny creatures in our bodies (laughs) <laughs> yeah right that's it's like, like camera away it's kind of cool <laughs> see like I that's what's kind of crazy to me is that like a lot of times like I'll have females that will they'll come to me because they're afraid that they're going to get like super bulky and whatnot and it's like no it's not necessarily the case because we you know our hormones are different we don't necessarily build that type of muscle mass as easily as a guy would um so I guess, I don't know, I'm confused on the question. I think he so was trying question, to say that people think that women's bodies work vastly differently than men's, when in reality, uh, yeah. it's just It's pretty same. much the same thing. It's just we, we don't put on that much muscle mass, but it's like the same that is, process. It's the same All exact right. process. I think that there are people out there saying that women, we really do have like a different mechanism for building muscle inside of us, when right. in reality... It's not true. Well, I guess that kind of answers my next question. I was going to lead us down the same logic path of how about women's fat loss? That happens much differently than men, right? They've got to, you know, do different calorie deficits, different diet styles and all of that. Right, Jess? Oh, yeah. You know, it's like that. Yeah. We're just like, we're so special, man. Like we have to like. We sprinkle like fairy dust and everything on ourselves, and it's just like it's a whole. No, we rub a bunch of creams. That what is that? Um, one company that abs steel company. That stuff kills me. Yeah, I'm sorry about people who believe that. 
in oh, it. They, yeah. But they also, I think, I find it funny that they sell two different creams. <laughs> one's for your butt and one is for your abs. So how do those two work differently from each other? Why can't you just buy one that works for your whole body? How is one for your butt and one's for your abs? I didn't even know a butt cream like that existed. That's oh my interesting. God, it's like called Buns of Steel and Abs of Steel. It's that Sweet Sweat, I think is like the company. Yeah, I remember that company. Yeah, I think that they that's who makes it now. And they, you just are supposed to be able to, I think it's Icy Hot. I think it's rebranded Icy Hot. So you feel like something's working and yeah. you're like, oh shit, yay, I feel tingly. Like it's burning all my fat off of my through my skin. Man, it was so long ago, so I have no idea what episode it was, but Dom did a decent job explaining like exactly how those creams are supposed to work in terms of like the blood flow response to it. I mean, it, the TLDR is is that they don't. Um, but but yeah, those are those are another fun one that are also marketed towards I, I would guess that the butt cream is more so marketed to women. Man, this question went off the rails in a hurry. We were talking about the goods and bads of women in the health industry, um, and now we're now we're quickly descending into butt cream. I had a bad one, like a aside for the bad one. Um, I don't always like to bring in CrossFit, but a lot of CrossFit workouts are geared towards men, or like heavily favor the men's athletic abilities, yeah. like um capacity workouts like the amount of calories that I can burn on a bike versus the amount of calories that Ryan can burn on a bike are like vastly different and sometimes we'll both have like a a 25 calorie bike and he's done in like 12 seconds and I'm done in 15 minutes yeah. and I'm always like holy shit I'm like the worst CrossFit athlete ever and then I'm like oh well he also weighs maybe a hundred and something more pounds than I do and can produce more force when riding a bike but yeah, I mean, I guess if you go in, in absolute terms, but a lot of it is, you know, it's scaled to... They to do an okay job of scaling sometimes, but... So, yeah, I mean, if you look at a workout in absolute terms, it may not favor a woman on the client side. I would definitely agree with that. Jess, anything else you can think of on the client side? Goods, bads of being a woman? And, and this doesn't have to just be, like, performance-based. It can also be kind of, like... Sociocultural, um, you know, spending time at the gym, communicating with people about the gym, communicating with family, especially like older family members about the gym, about your goals and whatnot. You know, I, I feel like I had stuff, but it kind of just like left my mind. <laughs> it just completely went out. Jimmy, anything else that you there's got? A, well, I think there's like a stigma that goes in like a couple directions, like you see a lot of women on the internet doing like glute kickbacks and like tricep press downs yeah. and people are like, Oh, like that's a female's workout. That's a workout for me. Like girls look at that and they're like, Oh, I can do that. But then they like see someone like Ryan doing like Olympic weightlifting and they're like, Oh, that's so hard. Like I'll never ever be able to do that. So I feel like a lot of like women's fitness is like focused around like small lightweight movements, like, like got to keep it lightweight, got to do lots of cardio. And it kind of sucks. Cause like, I've always been a super competitive person. And when I first got into fitness, I was terrified of going. What we had at UCF was like a downstairs weightlifting area. I was like, well, all the girls stay upstairs, like where there's treadmills and like there's like 10 pound dumbbells. I was like, well, that's where I belong. So I'm just going to like 
watch the guys from the top here, like do really cool workouts. And like, it took me over a year to go downstairs and like actually do a back squat, actually do a bench, actually do a deadlift. And like, I had to take like five or six girlfriends with me. And we had, I like felt like we were in like a, like a squad of protection, like so that nobody would talk to us or nobody would look at us funny. And like, we asked a lot of like the health and wellness, um, guys that we were friends with outside to like show us exactly what to do so that people didn't stare at us and look at us like we were idiots because that was like our biggest fear was like I'm gonna put this bar on my back I'm gonna fall down someone's gonna tell me that I'm not squatting low enough and like all that ended up happening but it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be um I think that when especially for women starting out like they you just think that you need to stick to five and 10 pound dumbbells. Like you can't just jump into weightlifting. You can't just jump into powerlifting. And that's not really the case. Women actually, I think have a tendency to pick that stuff up a little bit faster than men, or at least so I've seen teaching. Other yeah, I would weightlifting. agree. I would agree with that. I also think that like, you know, training, um, for women, be- maybe just because of like how social media is and like the, the workout videos that you usually see. I mean, I guess I have no room to talk because I post a lot of RDL videos, but like a lot of times, like the workouts for females are more um, lower body um, oriented, oriented. Thank you. And like, you know, grow your booty or grow your peach type, of, you know, <laughs> workouts. <laughs> yeah, workouts and it's marketed that way. So I also feel like women think that, you know, going into training, like, oh, I have to train legs three days a week. And like, it's all booty focused. And they hip thrusts. I can only hip thrusts, do hip yeah. thrusts. I only know yeah. how to do hip thrusts. There's nothing else that grows your butt. Right. Well, that, and then it like, it keeps them from exploring other avenues of training and actually working, you know, other body parts and like doing upper body and other things that are, you know, you can't just train legs all day long. And then ignore all the other parts of your you know different muscle groups because that's not gonna go over well long term I feel like women go for like sexy workouts and I know that's like a really weird term to say but like like a sexy workout is not a bench press that is like the least sexy workout that you can think of and I like feel like I never see women doing but like in a commercial gym you maybe see like one or two girls doing a bench press and like those are like seasoned athletes who have been like or have really good coaches but like even like with personal training, like when I personal trained at LA fitness, I would try really hard to like convince the women that I was coaching that like a a bench press is going to help you like get stronger, not just like in your chest. I don't need chest muscles. Okay. Well, it's like also going to help other parts of your upper body. Like you want to be a well-rounded athlete. You don't want to just, okay, but like, I don't really want to do a bench press. I was like, I could try like barely get them to do like the chest press machine, stuff like that. Yeah. Like, do you want me to show? Like, I'll do it. Like, I'll show you. Like, you women can do it. I was like, you're not going to have, like, massive, like, pecs like men do. That's just not, well, you got boobs. Like, they're going to cover what that. I, what comes to mind here, and Jake, we'll need you to edit the clip in right around here, is the episode of Bob's Burgers where Linda Belcher is going to the gym for the first time, and she's bench pressing, and she's saying, uh, lift the car off my kids, lift the car off my kids. And she's doing <laughs> leg extensions, and she's like, little fart, kick away the fart, gotta kick away the fart. And then she's doing triceps, she's like, ooh, triceps, hey tricep, I didn't see you there. So Jake, we need you to definitely edit that in right there, because Linda Belcher should serve as the number one inspiration to women in the gym, in fitness in general. 
Now, Jess, a question that I wanted to ask you because, you know, it fills my heart with so much rage when I see this. Oh. You do, and maybe I'm biased here because, you know, you're a gifted coach, but you do a fantastic job of representing women in health and fitness and all the aspects and all the avenues through which they can kind of like find success. You hammer the mindful stuff, the mentality stuff very well. You post some very valuable nutrition content and the training content you post is all, you know, very, very helpful. It's, it's actionable advice that people can take on to using exercises like, you know, sit like deadlifts, squats, your rows that you do, all that kind of stuff. For someone like you that spends so much time presenting actual, what, what I would consider actually valuable content, how do you personally view as a professional some women in the space that do these like dancing TikTok videos where they're like pointing at text and it's just like exercise cliches of like keto doesn't work. And then it's like Cardi, Cardi B in the background. Like, do you see that and do you cringe or are you like, I mean, I guess it kind of helps. Okay. Well, first of all, thank you. I appreciate that feedback. Um, I'm actually kind of glad that you brought this up because like this topic, I swear it, just grinds my gears because like literally, so I have like friends where, you know, we send each other different like fitness accounts or memes or whatever on Instagram. Right. And I've noticed it's so weird because like this past week there's been like other like female accounts sent to me of like showing me like a workout. And it's like, I don't know what it is, but like all these female influencers think that they have to like wear like the, the freaking shortest shorts wedged up their ass doing like some sort of glute kickback thing that some most of the time is not even done right but it's because their ass looks good so they can like post it and promote it and I'm over here like okay well how can I go about this because like so I'll back to where I was going with this um the whole conversation that I've been having is that like I'll get these Instagram um profiles sent to me and it's like at the end of the day they all look the same it's all these female influencers trying to get likes, trying to get engagement. So they post these like crazy revealing videos. And like, hey, if that's like what you want to do, totally fine. Your body, not mine, your choice. That's how you want to market yourself. I get it. But like at the end of the day, it makes it harder for the coaches that are trying to actually just like give out information and be a positive like influence for like the younger females is kind of like how I go about it. Like I look at, you know, like, uh, I don't know, a couple days ago, this girl had approached me at the gym and she was like, you look so great. Do you mind helping me? And I was like, yeah, of course. Like I introduced myself. We had like a short, brief couple minute conversation. Turns out this girl was only 15 years old. And if I could tell you what she was wearing and the stuff that she was like recording herself doing, and then for her to like come up to me and ask for help, I was just like, it kind of like, I stepped back and I was like, you know what? Like, my like how I present myself on the platform is going to you know really say a lot about like females in this industry so I would rather be that coach that puts valuable things out there and like isn't there to just show off like you know muscle group or glutes or whatever the case may be or to show off my body I would rather be giving beneficial information and trying to make somewhat of a positive um, impact in a way. So these younger girls are like, 
you know, a lot of times they're just seeing like, like you said, the TikTok dancing videos. And I'm like, wait a second, wait a second. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. No, let's take a step back here. Oh man, that topic, man. It just like, it makes me fired up. If you couldn't already tell. That's why I had to delete TikTok. I only got yeah, TikTok I so I could spy on my old students. And then I only ended up hurting my own feelings by actually watching what they were doing outside. And yeah. most but of my now, kids were... now it's now it's just reels on Instagram. It's the same thing. It's the exact same thing. TikTok has less rules, though. TikTok doesn't ban a lot of stuff. TikTok is literally a free for all. And it's gross. And it's very heartbreaking to be like an educator at this time to like see your kids in like a school practice environment and think like, oh, like this is like a normal, like regular old 14 year old. And then they literally have their ass cheeks out and they're wearing like a thong and they're dancing and they're talking about drinking and drugs like on TikTok. I know this is a diatribe, like, and it's this off is, topic, yeah, but this is a, it's this is just a conversation so, so sad. Back in my day. I so know, I actually like... <laughs> I actually like the idea of TikTok being more of a free for all because it allows like any content to proliferate where and I don't really know how the algorithms on each one work, but the Instagram algorithm is one that really drives content or drives engagement to what is getting the most views. So it really is kind of creating this feedback loop of like What's the content that gets views? It's these stupid fucking real videos pointing at stupid fucking words on the screen. And then, you know, people say, okay, I want to be an Instagram influencer. That's the format I have to go. And then it's just this like never ending cycle. And Jess is like standing over here and she's like, you guys look like morons. You guys all look so fucking stupid. Uh, and, but no, and I, I always wonder like, if that's your business model, so like these coaches that like center their business model around those like TikToky real style videos, they get a lot of views, but like do they convert a lot of those views into like clients. sales into clients into yeah. coaching revenue? I wonder like do my look at that? I don't know. Yeah, like I'm curious, I don't know because it's like to me uh, okay, if they're selling like a product, not necessarily coaching, like if they're selling um, supplements. supplements or like I could see how like the TikTok approach would make sense to some degree. Like you have to think like, you know, the influencers that make a um, majority of their money off of like YouTube videos, TikToks, all that kind of stuff. Like you got to give them some credit, I guess, because they're making money off of it. But I wonder for the coaches that like, actually have like coaching services like what we do if like a like those videos actually generate into clients because then it's like I question um what their coaching approach is like like if they're making those like TikTok videos that are kind of like cheesy and whatever like they're getting attention but then it's like when you actually start to work with that person like or that that coach like what how how am I trying to say this? Like, is it actually what's their like um, primary goal? Are like they actually focusing on coaching, or are they, is this like an Instagram like front? Right, like yeah, exactly. Is it an Instagram front? Because it's like if I actually hire this person as a coach, am I actually going to be getting um, quality coaching? 
Probably exactly. not. <laughs> In if, my opinion. What if, what if they're sending out check-in emails and then like on their response emails to the client, they're recording these TikTok videos that are like, you did great this week. You were slightly over on carbs. Should have done more cardio. Like that's a model that I can get behind right there. Would you honestly yeah. like that? I would love to see a video that I actually, I don't know. Yeah, Not I would me. love to see it. It needs to be Paul. Oh, yeah, 100%. 100%. Paul needs to be our gifted performance TikTok sensation. But it has to be, like, really poorly formatted. So, like, when he points, there's nothing there. And then when he goes to point to the other thing, that thing's <laughs> there. Pops up over here. Yep. He's just like this the whole time. Right. Yeah, I can dig that. Paul, if you're watching, we have a Paul, project. we know you're watching. We know you're watching, Paul. All right, that was 30 minutes. I like that. That was a good conversation there. Enough with the reels people make it stop only you can stop forest fires but also only you can stop watching those reels drive the engagement down head on over to at jesse.lee three e's hit her with the likes let's make her the new instagram sensation so she gets oh famous gosh. and leaves us and forgets about us no it's funny i was literally talking to jimmy the other day about this on instagram i was like i don't think i could be famous and if it ever happened slap me silly because i don't want to like she, deal with she doesn't want to be the famous gifted performance coach and i said that we need someone that's more popular on instagram than you so that we could have like, a, a new possible to be more popular than me are you kidding me have you seen my followers i literally have hundreds of people that follow me i, I literally get dozens of likes on my posts I'm waiting so that I just need, what was it, 93? I need 93 more followers to be at So a the 93 people that are going to watch this, go follow Jimmy so she can apply to be sponsored by Born Primitive and get, uh, please, seriously, Jimmy, like, oh, our, our home is going to be taken from us. We can't afford our bills anymore. Please, we need this sponsorship to get by or we're just not going to be able like to make clothes. it. I just like All right. Let's get into our next question here. It is from the one, the only, at Ashley Demetrakius. The first time I said that, I didn't even try her last name, but now look at me. I'm crushing it. Ashley D says, dieting as a female, what to be careful of? What to be careful of or watch out for? I'd probably be like, what to be mindful of. What to be mindful of? Yeah. Okay, cool. Or watch out for. Um, so, Jess, I will pitch this to you as from the coaching perspective first. When you are dieting a female, whether that's general body fat or like really pushing an aggressive fat loss phase, what do you watch out for? Maybe what do you warn your clients of? Um, well, I would say a big thing would be obviously our hormones and stress. Um, Placing our bodies under a lot of stress with, depending on how much of a caloric deficit, like how extreme they want to take it. Um, I always try to remind them to be mindful of um, like what comes along with placing that type of stress on your body if you're not careful. Because you also have to take into consideration, you know, you're in a caloric deficit. What does your sleep look like? Are you getting good sleep? What's your water intake look like? What does your training look like? How intense of a training program are you following at the moment? Um, what does cardio look like? And 
just trying to be mindful of your body's responses to that. Um, I would say, and I think we've covered this on one of our other podcasts or, um, or episodes is that, um, if you lose like your period, this might've been our last episode. I don't remember because it's been a minute, but if you lose your period, um, obviously there's like a bunch of different things that that could be stemming from, but if you're going through a dieting phase and you know, your training has been pretty intense and you lose your cycle, that can be an indication of, you know, something is not quite right. And we need to reevaluate, um, that process and the steps that you're taking. So I would say the biggest thing would be hormones and just listening to your body and seeing how you're feeling on a day-to-day basis. And also how your performance is just going through life, like the day-to-day steps, but also with training too. I feel like I took this question as like a, I don't know, like more of like a literal, like what to watch out for, like with your eyeballs, like if you have a coach who's trying to put you on a, I guess this also goes into coach selection. If you have a coach that's trying to put you on like some crazy diet where your protein's under like 60 grams a day or like your fats are like a hundred grams a day, like just be aware that there are stupid, stupid, stupid coaches. Like obviously Ashley's not with a stupid, stupid, stupid coach because she's with gifted performance, which is great. But like we hear horror stories all the time about coaches letting people only eat fish and asparagus for six meals out of the day for months at a time and like just be very cautious about who you put your trust in when it comes to your diet because in the end of the day none of this shit matters anyway so if your hair is falling out and you aren't sleeping and you're throwing up blood because you're dieting and you're in a bad bad diet like be done just be done bodybuilding is not the end-all be-all you can pick up wherever you are right now and do it again in a year when you feel better or when you have a better coach. But like there are thousands of different like signs that you are in a very bad diet. Like hair falling out is like a great one. I mean, you have like your skin looks a mess. Like you are like bony, like all your bones are sticking out, like different than looking like lean and having your muscles filled with water. I don't know. Don't fall into stupid diet traps would be my number one and don't like actually no, i'm not even gonna go into that one that was a uh, gonna be a mean yes you want to hear a funny story jimmy's already heard of it of course yeah so we have a uh oh i guess she's a client now a gifted she's part of the gifted performance family now so she just joined the mentoring lab old friend old client of mine megan Wooley out of georgia um she works at a local local gym slash supplement shop, and there is a, uh, a coach that works there who is um, not he, – he's the one that you want to watch out for that Jimmy just described, you know, the tilapia and asparagus six times a day. So he had a client doing that, that exact diet, fish and asparagus, uh, you know, six meals a day. That was it. I think, yeah, the calories ended up being like 480 calories a day or something like that. Um and she reported a side effect that her skin was starting to smell like fish. And that can, you know, that can happen. You eat a food, you start to, you know, smell like that food a little bit. And the coach's suggestion to her was that she should wash her lady parts uh, with greater frequency if she's noticing that she smells like fish. And that's not even a story that I could just make up. That is the real deal. Oh, my. Oh, my. (laughs) 
Oh, <laughs> my. So that would probably wow. be one to watch out for, right? Yeah. I mean, like, I've had, I've had clients, like, females that have come to me and, like, their fats were too low because, like, females are, like – for some reason there was like this moment in time, I don't know, maybe it's still going on where women think that if they have more fat in their diet, that they'll get fat. So like, they just like try to avoid it at all costs. And then it's like, they'll come to me reporting that, you know, they can't focus, they're tired, um, all kinds of stuff. And it's like, well, let's take a look at where your fats are at. And it's like, they're having like below 40 grams of fat a day. And I'm like, well, that actually might be, part of the issue here. So I, I like, I've never heard of, I mean, I don't know. I've heard of like the coaches that would do that type of diet, but like, wow. I think the ISSN, the sports nutrition, international society for sports nutrition suggests that, you know, your lowest, lowest possible fat intake that you should consume for, you know, short periods of time um, is 15% of your total daily calories. So if you are getting a diet from a coach, just, you know, multiply your grams of fat times nine. So the grams of fat that your coach gave you times nine, and then divide that by your total calories. And that should be greater than definitely greater than 15%, probably greater than 20% close to that, like 25%, because there are certain fats in the diet that are categorized as essential and Jess can do a better job than I can of explaining what, um, what an essential nutrient is in the diet. Um, yeah. So like an essential nutrient is things that it's like, I, when I explain it, it's like, it's essential, like you need it. Um, and you can't necessarily get it from like your body making it. You have to get it from food. So you know, going back to, you know, when a client comes to me and like their fats are too low, you could even like go into if protein's too low too, right? Because we need, um, you know, the essential amino acids as well. It's one of those things where it's like, if you're under eating or you're not getting enough of a certain nutrient, your body's going to, you know, it's going to have those like symptoms or those things that are side effects that are going to show up that I guess a lot of people, you know, when they think of dieting and they think of like getting to a certain um, body weight or a certain size, they kind of throw everything else out the window and they're so focused on getting to that, you know, um, that goal or what they like perceive that they need to look like that they kind of just forget about, you know, actual nutrients and what our body needs to, you know, function optimally on an internal level. You know what I mean? Yeah, and some of those essential fatty acids play a very, very important role in, in brain function. And that's 100%. a pretty common symptom that you'll see reported by women that are ingesting very, very low fats that they feel that they've got that like brain fog. They can't think clear. And it's yep. like, okay, well, let's, let's, you know, let's throw three whole eggs into the diet. Shout out to Dom. Dom, we're talking <laughs> about whole eggs. Throw like three whole eggs into the diet. You know, you increase fat intake by somewhere around 10 to 15 grams a day. And, you know, if they are free range eggs, which are going to be higher in those essential fatty acids, you'll notice within, you know, seven to 10 days that you start to feel considerably like a lot, a lot better um, than you did before. Plays um, a big role in vitamin absorption, right? 
Also, fat soluble vitamin absorption. Because if not, you just pee it all out. Fat soluble vitamins being A, D, E, and K. So if there's not a lot of fat in your diet, you're not going to be getting uptake of those vitamins and get ready for all the symptoms that come along with that. So these things are really kind of like a cascade of effects. And when you get down bad and your coach really screws you up and you decide to hire Jess instead, and you're like, oh, Jess, you know, your rates are a little high. My last coach charged me this. Your last coach tried to kill you. Jess is going to save you. She's here to Enrique Iglesias be your hero baby. That is an old ass song right there. Yeah, you yeah. just pulled that out of I don't know where oh, you got that from. God, I, I was just like left field. myself so terribly. <laughs> All right, let's quickly shift focus into this next question as fast as we possibly can. Um, this question actually comes from one of my favorite viewers of the channel. It's Jess. <laughs> so this question comes from Jess. Guys, ask some good questions so Jess doesn't have to mindlessly think about questions in the gym. Like, oh, that's a good question. Jess has a question for Jess, and she asks how to beat slash manage gym insecurities. So this kind of goes back to what, you know, Jimmy was saying about how to manage or or beat those gym insecurities to kind of go into the men's section of the gym. Well, there are gyms, and we went to one when we were in Texas the first time where they had like a women's only room, and it was like, You could only go in there if you were a female. They had, like, a decent amount of stuff in there. And I don't really know how I feel about that. I feel like Integration by segregation. Yeah, I feel like it's really weird. Like, I get it because, like, no men can go in there. No men are going to talk to you. And I guess if you're very fearful of, like, men approaching you, I guess it's, like, a good place. But, like, it doesn't help you actually be able to immerse yourself in, like, gym culture at all or, like, what if you have to go like travel out of town and they don't have that type of gym somewhere and like what are you gonna do just not go to the gym because you're scared of like the rest of the gym i just found that one that was very off-putting to me and like there are lots of women in there and i was like i guess it's like it it works in a sense but i just i don't think it's a great idea like just i don't want to say like you just got to do it like it's like jumping into a cold pool but like you just kind of got to like do it you got to go through it and like it helped me to have friends come with me for like the first I don't know a couple of months but like eventually they stopped wanting to go to the gym and I still wanted to go to the gym so I had to be like put my big girl pants on and be like all right you don't need five other girls like you could just be yourself put your headphones in and like try to stick to what you know um but I really didn't after I like kind of ventured off on my own I only did the things like the four movements that I knew how to do and like I would never branch out from that. I would watch other people and be like, okay, I feel like I could do that, but like I would never end up actually doing it. And like I would never forget watching a girl put an 80-pound having a coach at the wellness center put an 80-pound easy curl bar on her back and watch her do walking lunges. And I was like floored. I was like, I can't even pick up like the 30-pound easy bar. I also wouldn't do that. And then I just I was like, if she can do that, like holy shit, I could probably do something like that. And I remember, like, picking up, like, the 10-pound easy curl bar and putting it on my back. And I was like, oh, I'm just like her. I'm going to keep going. And I did walking lunges for, like, the first time ever. And I was like, wow, I'm so cool. And then I just kind of, like, secretly spied on her and, like, watched what she did. And then from there on, 
I just became a weirdo gym stare at one lady <laughs> copy what she does person because I was way too scared to go talk to her. When I've talked to women on this subject, Jess, are you ready? I'm about to drop some big old words in here for you. Yeah, let's There was it. always an issue of whether it was a crisis of competence or a crisis of confidence or the combination of the two. A crisis of competence is that I will enter the free weight section of the gym, but I do not have the prerequisite skills to perform movements. So what Jimmy was talking about, you know, uh, I can't even put that 80 pound bar on my back. I would like crumple under it. I don't have the skills to do it versus the crisis of confidence. I may have the skills to get out there into the men's section, but I'm not confident in my ability to do so with others watching me. So two different crises that I see women struggle with in terms of, you know, overcoming these gym insecurities. And for a coach, you know, it's it's two different routes or two different approaches there. But I'm interested in terms of your clients, how you tackle that, because I'm sure there's a lot of or I'm sure you've experienced before some resistance where you send out the training program and they're like, holy mother of God, what is all of this? I'm scared. I don't know what to do. The gym that I go to is very intimidating. Yeah. So, and that's kind of where I was like brainstorming that question. Cause I was at the gym and I was, I think I was doing barbell hip thrusts. I was sitting on the floor and I'm looking around me and every single person like on the barbells around me were dudes. And I'm just like, I kind of felt like that question to me was formulated based off of feeling like I was being watched because I was that only girl in that area. Plus I was doing you know, hip thrusts. So I guess guys just like to watch females do that. I don't know, but I just felt like hey, I was not all men, not, not all, all men. men. I'm, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, not all men. Um, but just the high school boys that go to my gym that are inappropriate creepers, but it's fine. Anyway. Um, nonetheless, I was sitting there and I'm thinking, and I'm like, you know, I understand because I deal with it. I get it from like, I get feedback from my female clients when they're uncomfortable with certain movements. And I think it comes more from the place of feeling like you're being watched and like you just don't like that uncomfortable feeling of having eyes on you when you're doing a movement, um, like RDLs, for example. At this point, I don't give a shit. I put up my phone, I record my RDLs, guys look at me and I'm just like, whatever. But like for a female that's just getting into the gym that has, you know, they're still like learning that movement and making sure that they're feeling confident with just doing the exercise in general to then on top of that, have to worry about other people looking at them. Like that's a very overwhelming experience. Um, and I think it's just like, as time goes on, you kind of get used to it and you get more confident because you just, you're making progress with your training. And if you're working with a coach, you're getting feedback from your coach on, you know, the movements that you're doing and if it's like the right form. Um, Cause I have a lot of my women that train in the gym, they'll take videos of themselves when they get to that point, or if they're going with like their significant other or a friend, they'll have them record their video, check their form to make sure, you know, that their form is right. They'll send it to me and I'll give them feedback. Um, and I think just with time you kind of progress and then you, you know, you kind of just start forgetting about all the other people around you. Or sometimes I'll even put, I'll wear like, um, like a hoodie and I'll put my hood up 
just so I just like have like that tunnel vision. So I don't think about other people that might be watching me. So I don't get kind of like in my own head. Another like good, I I don't know if it's like a good idea, but like if it fits your schedule, you can always ask like the people at the front desk, like, Hey, what's the slowest time that you see? Mm -hmm. Like when's like the least amount of people in it? And like, unfortunately that might be like 6am, but like if you're really committed to getting yourself in the gym by yourself, maybe going at a time that it's like not busy, like especially if you can't get other friends to come with you or your significant other to come with you, 6 a.m. might be like your ticket in because there's probably five people in there and they're all doing their own thing. They're all half asleep anyway. So if you want to do all your new movements at 6 or maybe it's like 10 p.m. And like we, Ryan and I used to go to the gym at like midnight for like a couple of years straight. I don't know how we did it, but we did it. And like we survived and like there was, never anyone in there was always like the two of us and then like maybe three other people in like a very large gym um but like it gave me time to cry in the back when nobody looked at me when I was crying so (laughs) it was great and like that was when I was learning a bunch of new movements that's when I was learning Olympic weightlifting and learning how to like back squat front squat all that stuff and I have tons of videos still of me like eating shit and like it was great no one was there to laugh at me except for Ryan which always happens but it's gonna happen anywhere we are together so um, maybe that's like a good one or like going to like maybe a not necessarily like a commercial gym in the beginning of time yeah I don't know if this turned into tips if this was originally like a tips question but like you try to find like more of like a mom and pop type gym place um, where it's like I don't think like older women and older men are very like they don't really stare at you as much as like like you said, like the high school guys and like Oh, the, the old men, they stare at you. Those okay, old men are like a, what's they only that, got uh, ten years left. They don't give a shit. There's that stay, stand in the middle of the gym, stare one's way. They just like they gotta get their looks, man. Yeah. What's that? There's like an inverted U graph, like a U that looks like that, That's where there's like high school men. 70 year old men and then like the people in the middle they don't really pay attention to you very much but there's there's like two peaks right there but yeah and i think especially from like a skill acquisition standpoint if you're if you have a brand new client that is like just learning all these movements like jess said you're trying to learn a new movement. You're trying to focus on that. You're focusing on these other people that possibly could be staring at you. You're focusing on the uncomfortable sensation of being in the gym for the first time in a while or the first time ever. It can be very, very intimidating. So as a coach, as a client, set up this like gradual step-like approach, very, very small steps to build up competence over time. And a PSA to all you little high schoolers at Jess's gym. Your calves look small and your arms aren't even filling out your sleeves. So mind your goddamn business and let Jess do her RDLs in peace. And you only have abs because you weigh 125 pounds. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. My goodness. You're done for. I think that's pretty good. How to beat manage gym insecurities. Guys, those were some very good practical tips. Very good takeaways there. Um, is there anything else that you guys want to leave the people with? Wear whatever you're comfortable in, too. Like, you don't have to have your ass cheeks hanging out. If you go to a gym that's freezing cold, wear your leggings. Wear a hoodie. If you get hot, make sure you got layers on. But, like, me, I personally, we train in a very, very um, mildly air-conditioned gym. 
So we are Captain Clothes Off. Like we Titties don't out. Yeah, but like Harambe. it's more or less of a comfortability thing for you, like for the person. Like don't feel like you need to have your shirt off. Don't feel like you need to wear short shorts. Like go in your dad's shirt and shorts like Matt Fraser did forever. Like you don't need to spend like I love gym clothes, but like in the end we're just trying to get fit. So don't think but, about it. But if you did just buy a gifted performance sports bra, uh, you're going to need to pop the top and show that thing off, represent the brand, um, especially if you're rocking one of those new J. Lee collection crop tops. Are you kidding me? So you better excited. let that thing flow. Let I know. People know. Technically, oh, yours you're- should be like the first order done because you have like the, the simplest order mm-hmm. out of everyone. It only yeah. has like one print. So. You guys want to hear some crazy shit? By the time that this recording goes live, all of that will already be done. Those shirts will already be on the store. People will already be buying and probably Hopefully even wearing those. Hopefully will be sold out. So if That'd you are watching insane. this episode right now and you're wearing one of those, I just want you to pop the tea to show a little love to the gifted brand and to our good friend, Jay Lee. That's three E's. I'll never forget that. Never, ever forget the you know years. and i thought about changing my instagram handle but i'm not now yeah, good you are are we gonna change it to lifestyle lee you know I, see that's a good one I don't, maybe I'll living, my living flexible lee oh whoa wow, <laughs> wow. Yeah, gonna but then again people are gonna think that her name is lee yeah. that's just the middles yeah well, you know, I, mean, you didn't I have, don't know, unless you don't care about being we, called. We were, having, we were having fun. Your Instagram name used to be Raptor Boy. No one thought that your name was actually Raptor Boy. That's like, that was like a deep, deep, deep memory that I forgot about. Shit posting right there. <laughs> um, Jess, Jimmy, anything um, to say to the people to send them off with good vibes and only love? Keep showing up. Keep showing up. That's a great one. That's my normal for you all right i was gonna say don't forget to floss but keep showing up and stay gifted are much better than that we'll see you on the next one bye bye and we love you don't forget you're doing great that's my cup it is you're right it is